1: this is Tom and Bach coming at you live from Copple's Chevrolet GMC studios in the heart of Lincoln America on 937 the ticket and the ticketfm.com here are your hosts Tom Stevens
2: I think today is probably overall the best practice I've been a part of
1: in Nebraska. Jake Bakoven
2: I think we had our best week of practice ever again so if our goal is to get better day by day it's been a good week. Tom and Bach starts now.
1: Hour number two of Tom and Bach, the noon hour where you get to eat lunch and we get to think about eating lunch. Uh, We don't eat until two. We should eat. uh, We should eat, though. I mean, I I think just on air. I just think, uh, you know, maybe health wise, it would help the show just to eat like at least on Fridays. During the break, we could. DP and I used to eat on Fridays a lot. (laughs) Just on air? Yeah.
3: (laughs) Because we, uh, we just
1: couldn't hold out all week. What would you eat? Oh, whatever DP would order. I mean, sometimes it would be like, what are you in the mood for? Let's, let's go pizza. Let's go tacos. Let's go muchachos.
2: You guys eat on Tuesdays. It's fine.
3: Yeah, yeah that's true. We do eat.
2: But that's after do the eat, show. We
1: do eat on You could eat during the
3: show. Huh. Yeah. You're there. Sorensen does.
1: When I sat down at the dinner table at night, my dad would say, yeah, what are you back for? You ate yesterday. <laughs>
3: nice. you, you
2: back again? <laughs> are you doing? I can't keep feeding you.
1: Yeah, Run out of food. My dad was very blue collar, very old school. Uh, Good guy, but he was tough. Ex-Marine, tough guy. Oh, really? Just yeah. one uh, one meal, uh, one meal every few days. Then no, is the well, you ex- talk tough, but then he had to deal with my mom, who always let oh, yeah. eat know, th- Sometimes three times a day, we maybe, would, maybe even dare. <laughs> how dare she <laughs> feed her children? That's Disgusting. Five of, I mean, it's not easy raising five kids. How, I don't know
2: how soft do you have to be to feed your
1: children every day. There's five. <laughs> you have five kids in your family, right? Uh, uh, two, two sisters. Well, no, I have four
2: sisters, but okay. two of them are older, and I grew up with them. And then my two younger sisters were born when I was like in high school.
1: So. so it was mostly you three. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you like having older sisters? Uh, my yeah, sisters they're okay. are okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're, fi- they're fine. <laughs> like because DP did uh grew up with sisters, and he said they were always doing his hair and stuff like that. Yeah, who's your, who's your favorite
3: family. sibling?
2: uh All of them.
3: Hey, you uh, can't say that. They're all my
2: favorite. Yeah. I was hoping. To I like to other. say that they're. So I have four sisters, but uh, they're all half sisters. Huh. So I say technically I only have two sisters and I can pick my favorite too. <laughs> Did
1: that make it easier for you to talk to women growing up that you had four sisters? So you were always talking to women. If you ask my wife, yes,
2: it was. I, I was very very talkative, very talkative. Huh. But uh, See, I, you know, I don't know. I, don't,
1: I was very shy all through high school. Oh, I was yeah. not shy, but no, no, you were not. Shy. I don't.
2: I don't think that I talked. I don't think I talked that much. I don't know.
3: Uh, <laughs> Whenever I would talk to a pretty girl, I would, like, raise my hand and start itching the back of my head. You know, trying to these, flex? No, just, just these like, nervous uh, tics. It's just uh, like, oh, God, I don't know what to say.
1: <laughs> Did you have a In move? middle school. Did you have a go-to joke? Did you have a line? No,
2: I don't think no. so. No, I just, no. you know, they just looked at me and uh, they were like, damn. No, hey, you're you're that a natural. guy, guy. is hot. <laughs> That's
1: right. No, you didn't say that. Man, you don't know that. I've talked to him. <laughs> I'm a very confident man. You know. Were you pretty uh,
3: popular with the ladies in uh, high school, junior? No, 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 it was not. No. I
2: hung out with guys that were, uh, according to the ladies, uh, my hot friends. Oh, oh you? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. i was the short one. Yeah. I hung out with guys yeah. that were like six right. two, like yeah. great athletes.
1: Right. Yeah, I hung out with the popular guys, but I wasn't popular. Yeah. What about you? Were you? Do you? Hang oh, out? I wasn't
3: popular at all. I didn't hang right. out with anybody. <laughs>
1: I hate people. I was, was the funny guy. Um, I was the funny oh, guy. Nice. That's how I, that worked. Yeah you, yeah, you. I can see that shtick. I didn't have any shtick, um, so I, I just, uh, you know, by osmosis, it kind of worked out. Just hanging around. My bu- my buddies were all popular, so eventually they had to talk to you. Their girlfriends. Well, their girlfriend, and then like the their the girlfriends' friends. Yeah, the girlfriends' uh, had yeah. friends. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of how it happened. Crabby. But I still, kn- <laughs> I still in high school, I just I was too afraid. Yeah. I Yeah, it's a man. scary place, a scary time of your life. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was <laughs> fun yeah. as well. It yeah, nice. absolutely. Uh, there he is. Uh, let's let's go through Wisconsin um, because this is an interesting football team. It feels like they played two different seasons. Uh, they started out with a loss to Penn State, sixteen to ten, and I thought, you know, this is a good defense, but they don't have an offense. And then they beat Western Michigan or Eastern Michigan, I should say, uh, to go one to one, thirty-four to seven. And uh, then they had that really bad loss where they melted down in the fourth quarter, forty-one to thirteen, to Notre Dame. There are a lot of turnovers though. Like they had two pick sixes, I believe, in that game. Uh, it was actually a fairly close game going to the fourth. Michigan they lost thirty-eight to seventeen, but since then, twenty-four zip over Illinois. They beat Army in a close game, uh, and then you're wondering again, twenty to fourteen. Then it was thirty to thirteen over Purdue. Uh, they they destroyed Iowa twenty seven to seven. Rutgers fifty two to three, and then beat Northwestern thirty five to seven. And some of us, some of our guests this week have told us, you know what? It's just because it's lesser opponents. Are you more that uh, Wisconsin has played lesser opponents that they're now really good? They've won six in a row, or have they found something? Which, which which category are you?
3: Well, in? I think that, yeah, I think it's, it certainly could be those lesser opponents because the, when you look at their losses, other than Penn State, which is a six-point loss, first game of the season, you know, that's, that's, you know, and Penn State's been in the top ten this year, so you could argue where Penn State's at, um, you know, at, certainly at that point in time there's a big difference between Sean Clifford, Penn State, and not having Sean Clifford, um, two losses on Penn State's record seems to be uh, kind of the difference there, but other than that loss, their their other losses are what we'd call like tier one losses, Michigan and Notre Today, and those are top yeah. ten teams in the college football playoff race, uh, and then kind of their their second level where you get there. Uh, I think you would say are kind of the Purdue and Iowa, and they dominated them. So I think a lot of it does have to do with that, but part of that's also you know the growth yeah. uh, this defense has had. Probably getting you know I don't care who you play, it's been uh, just a fantastic performance the last six games that they've had on the six game winning streak, um, and so I think the team's also kind of hitting its stride. It's a it's yeah. a that kind of happens too with these tough. You know, this is a traditional rugged Wisconsin team. Run the ball, rely on the defense. It didn't start that way, though. No. And so but I mean with those teams too they they kind of have stay in power they kind of you know mm-hmm. you know a lot of other teams have injuries up and down that can you yeah. know lose a dynamic player here or there uh Wisconsin's lost a few running backs and they're still yeah. chugging along yeah. it's kind of like what we've seen out of uh, uh you know a couple other you know Minnesota certainly yeah. a good example of losing yeah. a bunch of running backs and kind of staying the course uh, Wisconsin's
1: just the best version of that Big 10 West brand and they'll stay patient with it that, I mean even though it wasn't working early in the season uh, and if it's not working again in the first quarter against Nebraska, or even the second quarter, they'll stay patient with it. They can afford to do so because they have the best defense in the entire country. So they you know, they can limit your possessions, or at least try to. And even if they have to give it up, they know that they've got the number one defensive team in the entire country. Uh, they they're number one in rush defense. They're number two in pass defense. They're number one in total defense. And they're number two in scoring defense, and it's not just because you know they play in a in a in a league that caters to that. Um, I mean, I don't think they're far behind Georgia's defense. I really don't. I they do so many things. Uh, they're multiple. They'll give you a lot of different looks, and they have really smart guys that can you know once they're in the open field will make the tackle. Um, they're just. They're, a, and conversely, they're not very good offensively, but they have found yeah. something, at least, running the football. Uh, their offense is first in the conference in running the football. That caters to a defense, that's, and it's the old adage, run the football, stop the run. Wisconsin is that. I mean, they they epitome, I mean, that's the epitome of what they
3: are. Yeah, and you and you mentioned some of those rankings. The numbers are, you know, are just as impressive to go by. The rush defense they allow sixty yards per game in the Big Ten. So you can say some of it's oh, they're just playing in the Big Ten. The Big Ten relies on rushing, yeah. and teams are only averaging sixty yards a game on them. That's yeah. incredible. Uh, and then their pass defense, one hundred and fifty-five yards a game. So total defense, two hundred sixteen yards. We always say Nebraska's goal should be to get to two hundred yards yeah. rushing. They, average 200, they give up 200 yards total. Now I think Nebraska is going to be able to do a little bit more than that. But th- those are some impressive numbers. I mean, you go to the third down defense, they only give up 23%. Wow. These, some of these numbers are just insane. And, and that's why you say you put them right up there with that Georgia defense, and that's You know, that's a historic defense that Georgia defense we're talking about. So, uh, you know, somewhat, again, up in there in in historic numbers for Coach Paul Chris and this defense, and and it's just incredible, and it seems like Um, they're able to do this. I mean, and this might be, uh, like you said, maybe the best version of it, but they've had several defensive coordinators through there, Jim Leonard being the um, latest one that can just – there's something in the water up
1: there. Well, and maybe it is as simple as the schedule flipped over, that they were playing the tough teams in the East when they lost to Penn State. Or, you know, they are playing Notre Dame when they lost to Notre Dame. Or Michigan, another tough team from the East. Uh, and then the schedule flipped to the teams of the West. And they dominated uh, Illinois and Purdue and Iowa. And Rutgers, yes, from the East, but not a good team from the East. Uh, and then they beat Northwestern 35-7. to Maybe it's as simple as that. Or maybe it's something that if they would have found this version of themselves, they'd be in the conversation for the college football playoff. Maybe they're that good. I think we're going to know. Uh, by the end of the game on Saturday, if Nebraska hangs with them, and if they win this game, um, that's a really good win. I mean, even if, even if it's just okay, now they played somebody good again, uh, who could stand up to them and stop, you know, a guy like Braylon Allen, though, who's a beast, quite frankly, six two two forty. Um, I think you're, I guess what I'm saying is I think you're going to learn even more about Nebraska. One. They haven't given up again when they could have given up on the season, and their best player Cam Taylor or uh, JoJo. Cam, Jojo is gone uh, for the rest of the year. That they, if they win this game, they've somehow managed to win this game. It's gonna, it's gonna maybe get a lot of people who are on the side anyway of the coaches' changes, but keeping Frost, it's gonna be like, okay, look, see, it's just those guys or whatever. I mean, narrative you want to, you want to make, but if Nebraska wins, that's. You're going to have a lot of momentum going into Iowa. Well,
3: and it, it's and it's just incredible this game. I
1: know there's not much build up to it, but there's a
3: lot of things that can come out of it. And I know that the the expectation is another close loss, maybe low scoring mm. game, and then there's not much to come out of that. But I mean, you, a lot of things can happen here. I mean, Scott Frost is still calling the plays, as far as yeah. I know, on Saturday, and he's only got a few more games mm. to do that before, of course, he hands that over to his new offensive coordinator. What if against the number one defense? In the country, Scott Frost has found something with this new, you know, put together staff, and they go out and score 35. Then do you kind of second guess? Hey, well, maybe against that defense, maybe yeah. this there's something to what just what the staff they have. in those place your there. Four guys? Are those guys? Yeah. Or you know, the, even more intriguing to me is Adrian Martinez. What if Adrian Martinez lights it up these final two games? somehow gets you a win against wins against Iowa and Wisconsin. then all of a sudden this kind of narrative that's Um, kind of hanging over that it's his last year and it'd probably just be better to have a split. Well, all of a sudden you kind of second guess that maybe it'd be better to have Adrian back if he can score um, like that against this Wisconsin defense. So, um, I mean, just how good this Wisconsin defense is, can change the narrative based on how you do um, against it. But I mean, I don't expect Nebraska to light it up. I, I don't expect those things to happen. Uh, I think that you'll you'll probably uh, yeah. you know I think that Nebraska will do better in a lot of these categories uh, than some of their previous opponents, but still not really scoring a whole lot, maybe seventeen twenty right. points or whatever it is. But um, it, it it's just it it. But if we could just you know settle games on paper, we wouldn't have any of these surprises. So it it could be something completely yeah. different, and and the narratives may change based on the game.
1: Uh, off the text line. Uh- George is way better than uh, this Wisconsin defense. They have more talent. There's no doubt about it, but that's a good team defense. I I don't know. Um, Maybe. Maybe you're right. Uh, They're not that good, and Paul Chris is garbage. Well, that seems a little strong. That seems a little strong there. Uh, (laughs) Paul Christ is not garbage. He is not uh, garbage. He's calling plays
3: this year, actually, for them.
1: That's right. And it seems like he's gotten more conservative because he's been allowed to uh, with the running game picking up and that defense being so good. But let's get to the best players for Wisconsin. That's Box Tops. Box Tops.
3: All right, top 10 best players or at least notable players for Wisconsin heading into this week's game. Kind of a breakdown for you uh, as you watch the Badgers take on the Huskers. Uh, Number 10 on my list, as we mentioned, he's not very good, so usually I'd have the quarterback much higher. But uh, number 5, Graham Mertz uh, out there on the field. It comes in at number 10 on my list. 6'3", 227-pound quarterback, of course, from Overland Park, Kansas. Uh, Interesting because he was just a huge hot recruit I mean he could have gone to Ohio State I mean you name it any school uh, basically the who's who of of teams in college football offered him hasn't been that good since his first start when he scored Uh, tied the record at Wisconsin with five passing touchdowns in his first start last year since then, has not been as good so far this year. 125 of 213 in the air, 1,505 yards, uh, 59% uh, completion percentage rating, eight touchdowns, nine interceptions. That's only 150 yards per game from your starting quarterback. Uh, so they certainly have the Big Ten West yep. recipe down. Uh, Murse has thrown for more than 210 yards in back-to-back games for the first time in his career, though. So he's kind of hot right now, as as far as. 210 yards could be considered hot. Uh, He's also completed passes to nine different receivers last week against Northwestern. So look for them to have plenty of options there. Uh, Like we said, Paul Chris, now the quarterback coach and calls plays for him. Um, That's a change from last year, so maybe a little bit better there for Mertz. Uh, He had a 12-game stretch coming over from last season where he didn't throw more than one touchdown. But again, the last two weeks, he's done well. Three touchdowns against Rutgers uh, two weeks ago, and then two touchdowns last week against Northwestern. Again, modest numbers, but better numbers for Graham Mertz over the last couple weeks.
1: Well, they can afford to be modest numbers when you're the number one rushing offense and you're the number one total defense. Yeah. Uh, So he can... Afford to be vanilla. They're the 117th best passing team in the country. They're not a good total offense. 78, uh, but they do run it, and you know they do enough with that defense.
3: Yeah, and they, they average uh, 26.2 points yeah. per game, despite being 79th. Like you said, um, it's kind of weird because the Nebraska not that far ahead of them at, at, at least in scoring offense, right. but in total offense. Completely ahead of him, so yeah, uh, it'll be Way interesting ahead to see how it goes. It. Yep. Uh, Number nine on the list, number nineteen on the field, the kicker Colin Larsh. He's thirteen of sixteen this year, very accurate kicker, eighty-two percent for the for the year, thirty-one of thirty-two on extra points. His long is only forty-three though, so he's, he doesn't have much of a leg to him. Uh, long in mean, his career, he's been kicking them for them for three years. A so long of forty-four, uh, career thirty of forty-one, uh, for but a pretty reliable field goal kicker
1: for him. Yeah, he makes them. Yeah. Uh, I don't need a guy to kick 60-yarders all the time. Just make the 35-yarders that are right in the middle of the uh, field. Yeah, Make a couple of those.
3: Yeah. Uh, number eight on my list, number 60 on the field, the right guard, Logan Brust. He's a 6'5", 319-pound guard. A senior, third-team All-Big Ten last season, kind of leads the offensive line this year. Uh, and the And Wisconsin's offensive line has done much better keeping quarterback Graham Martz clean in the pocket the last yeah. couple weeks. Maybe that's why he's having a little more success. Not allowing a sack of Mertz in the past three games. Uh, in their offensive line success, of course it's known, maybe even as offensive lineman you type of yeah. type of area, right? Uh, it's starting to pay off in recruiting. They had five-star sophomore Logan Brown, who will start at tackle. And the prize of their most rec- recruiting, uh, most recent recruiting class was another five-star tackle in Nolan uh, uh, Rookie, I think is how it's pronounced. And then They've also got another four-star signed up for next year. So they've been, but they've been getting four and five-star offensive linemen. Uh, we we talk about how yeah. they kind of find diamonds yeah. in the rough and develop them. That's kind of older Wisconsin right. way. Now they're getting four- and five-star offensive linemen interested I wonder, because they're getting yeah. guys in the NFL routine. But do you
1: worry about it, though? Maybe because they've always developed three-star offensive linemen, and now you're getting five stars. Yeah. You're going away like from— Like, this guy's too much, too yeah, talented. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, think we so. don't, He doesn't fit. He's too good. <laughs> we like to develop him. We don't like to have him come here talented. Yeah, I think Paul Chris would be happy uh, with some better molds of clay to
3: work on. Uh, number seven on my list, and this will be prominent, uh, the linebacker unit for Wisconsin is nails. Number 41, Noah Burks, my first one on the list here. 6'2", pounds senior, outside linebacker from Carmel, Indiana. 32 tackles, 7.5 tackles for loss, 3.5 sacks, an interception, a forced uh, a fumble recovery, and a team-leading four quarterback hurries. So uh, he doesn't do anything great,
1: I suppose, but he does everything. It feels like all their line- linebackers always look the same. Like yeah. <laughs> they just build them in some factory and then they just keep up. Uh, they put different phases on them. Uh, uh, and but it, it's just it's amazing because they're always good at linebacker. Yeah, they are. Yeah, uh, That's another
3: you know position that you could say maybe probably not linebacker you. Yeah. Penn State is always linebacker you to
1: me. Yeah. Regardless
3: of how many linebackers they have, being yeah, well, they yeah. just kind of you know Lavar Arrington. Yeah. They've had the they have had the
1: guys. Yeah, they've overtime. definitely uh, Parsons is really doing. Yeah, well Parsons of, doing uh, well now. But they just yeah, yeah, you always think of the line. I do. Think, don't they promote themselves as linebackers? They linebacker? pretty, yeah, pretty they, much do. That's yeah. kind of what they do. Uh, number six on my list. Number seven out there on the field. Danny
3: Davis the third, six foot, two hundred pound wide receiver, uh, has twenty seven receptions this year for a team leading four hundred eighteen yards and two touchdowns. Uh, fifth year for the Badgers now. Has a career total of 1,582 yards and 14 touchdowns. So he's a reliable receiver
1: out there for Graham Burns. He's been there for 10 years, too. It, uh, yeah, he does feel like uh. it.
3: Has been five.
0: Okay.
3: <laughs> uh, number five on our list, number 84, Jake Ferguson, the 6'5". 244 pound tight end he leads the team with 31 receptions so they go his way more than anybody else 298 yards and two touchdowns the senior from right there in madison wisconsin has a career 1466 yards and 12 touchdowns he led the team with four touchdowns last season he was a popular preseason all big 10 picks so and one of the best tight ends in the con- in the conference and likely would have been drafted had he chosen to go pro but decided to return yep. him to madison and Try to get it done for his home school and hometown. Barry
1: Alvarez's uh, nephew, right? Don't we say that every time we talk yeah. about Jake Ferguson? <laughs> oh yeah, did I tell you that he's related to Barry Alvarez? Because <laughs> he is.
3: Uh, number four on my list. Here comes some more linebackers. This one, number fifty-seven, Jack Sanborn, six foot two, two hundred thirty-six pounds, senior inside linebacker from Deer Park, Illinois. He has seventy-four tackles, thirteen tackles for loss, three sacks. Has had at least one tackle for loss in eight of their ten games so far. That's
1: uh, that's pretty good. He's very disruptive. He's really, really good.
3: Yep. Uh, how about number three on my list, number 19 on the field, Nick Herbig, the outside linebacker, 6'2", 227-pound sophomore from Hawaii. He has 42 tackles, six sacks, or seven sacks, 11 tackles for loss, and has at least had a tackle for loss in seven of their 10 games thus far, including a two-sack performance against Notre Dame and two-and-a-half sacks
1: against Iowa. You have like six guys on this list that are linebackers. Yeah, they're all really, really good. They're all really good. <laughs>
3: Number two on my list is uh, the running back, Braylon Allen. He's number zero out there on the field. 118 carries for 835 yards. That's 7.1 yards per carry. Nine touchdowns. 5th in the league in rushing. Uh, he, he's uh, battled off some guys in the backfield. Chess Belushi is 6th in the league in rushing, but he had a season-ending injury, so he's out for the year. But he had 834 yards. Last year's top rusher, Jalen Berger, was dismissed from the team earlier this year. So that's been easy for Braylon Allen to get there, but now I think he's got 6 straight games over 100
1: yards. And he's 17, of course. That's and the he's other 17. Big, yeah, he's 17 years old. Uh, he's a weight room beast. He's a real-life beast. From what I've heard, he was recruited to be a, another linebacker oh, at yeah. Wisconsin, and they decided to make him a running back pretty good decision because the guy's is crazy. Uh, crazy good, I think. Uh, and he's really, really young. He wears the number zero yeah. like Jacques Yantz. He has yeah, big side. back. Yeah, big, big back.
3: Yeah, it's kind of cool. I, and I, I Hopefully, eventually, they make him a two-way player. I'd like to see him play some linebacker, too. Uh, number one on my list is number five, Leo Chanel, the 6'2", 260-pound junior inside linebacker from Gratsburg, Wisconsin. He has 81 tackles, which leads the team second in the league with 10.1 tackles per game. He had to miss two games, uh, but he have 15, he does have 15 tackles for loss. Again, that leads the team uh, six and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, had a three and a half sack game against Purdue. But he's probably the team leader, the best yeah. player on the team, Leo Chanel.
1: Yep. Uh, the Big Ten Network calls him Chanel number five. Do you get it? Oh, there you go. Chanel yeah. number five. That's good. Yeah, he's a great linebacker. He's the best player. Yeah, I have four linebackers out of my ten to watch out for on the they're list. They're all good. I, I might have had Jake Ferguson a little higher.
3: Yeah, he's really good.
1: Uh, I might have had him. I don't know. Uh, but it's interesting. Mertz is now – last year, you probably would have had him higher on the list. Yeah. He's 10th now on your list. He's a he's complimentary quarterback, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of weird. Uh, a guy that might ruin somebody's season from the East. I mean, can, yeah. can you imagine that? They, they're going to win probably the West. And what if they ruin the Big Ten season? I mean, because the Big Ten commissioner is going to be rooting against Wisconsin to win that game, whoever it is, whether yeah. it's Michigan, Michigan State, or Ohio State. Maybe not just Kevin Warren, but also the officials. We'll have to see. That's right. That's <laughs> right. We'll see. No hanky-panky, hopefully. Uh, let's go to break. Uh, come back with more. It's actually our picks of Density, uh, our college picks for the weekend. We'll do them coming up next. You're listening to Tom and Bach. Watch live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this?